Okay, grab your Bibles, turn to Psalms. We'll be in Psalms 138. So we introduced Psalms 138 on Tuesday and gave you some homework and I want you to be, over these next two, th- two weeks, be looking for cause and effect, right? One thing leading to another and, and we'll, we'll be pointing some of that out over these next two weeks. But I wanna just pick it up in Psalm 138 and verse one, but before we consider the word of the Lord, let's, let's pray together and, and let's call on the Lord. Uh, to help us in his word this morning. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, and Lord, you know how much we need you. We, we just want to acknowledge it. Uh, we want to acknowledge you this morning. We need you. God, your word is a spiritual book, and without the work of the Spirit, uh, we won't get the insight that we need. God, you're, you have designed us to be a people of praise and worship, and Lord, we're learning how to do that. And, and, and we just confess that we need your help. Uh, we want our worship of you to be what you deserve. We wanna give you, th- I mean, you have everything. Uh, worship is the one thing that we can give you. Um, Lord, I, 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 I'm praying that we'll become a people that, that it'll be like the dedication of Solomon's temple. Our, our worship will be extravagant. And so, Lord, uh, we acknowledge our need, and, and, and then this morning as we consider your word, we're trusting you to direct our paths, all in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Psalms 138 verse one says, I will praise thee with my whole heart. I will praise thee with my whole heart. That's what the word of God declares this morning. Man, how many's with you? Wouldn't you like to know that you're praising God with your whole heart? that you're all in, that you're not one bun in praise to Jesus, but you're, I mean, you're like the, the whole loaf, man. I'm, I'm doubling, I'm putting it all down on glory to God. I will praise thee with my whole heart. We need to be a wholehearted people of worship and praise. There's a danger in Jeremiah chapter three. God says to Judah, you saw what I did. You saw Israel's backsliding in verse six. You saw how I disciplined her in verse seven. And then look at what he says, her treacherous sister Judah saw it. And I saw when for all the causes whereby backsliding Israel committed adultery, I'd put her away, she's she's worshiping other gods and given her a bill of divorce. Yet her treacherous sister Judah feared not, but went and played the harlot also. And it came to pass through the lightness of her whoredom that she defiled the land and committed adultery with stones and, and with stocks. God's like, you're cheating on me with man-made idols. You're cheating on me with rocks and sticks. What in the world? And yet for all of this, her treacherous sister Judah hath not turned unto me with her whole hearts, right, with her whole heart, but feignedly, saith the Lord. God hates fake devotion. He hates it. I mean, you do too. You hate fakers, people who are plastic, people who are fake. I mean, man, you want people to be real, amen? Uh, you don't want people to be phony, it's obnoxious. Well, God's no, God's no different. Judah's worshiping, worshiping me faintedly, saith the Lord. You know, I've got the example of the Pharisee and the publican in Luke 18 that come up to pray and, and the Pharisee's full of himself. And, and like the cherry on top is, and God, I thank you, I'm not like this sucker, this, this loser over here. You know, he's, he's, he's pointing out the publican in his prayer and the publican, 
He won't so much as lift up his eyes to heaven. And what's the cry of his heart? What's his prayer? He's calling out to God for mercy, isn't he? He's calling out to God for, for mercy and compassion and forgiveness over a sin condition. And then Jesus' commentary is, is, who do you think got heard? And you remember what he said about the Pharisee? He was praying to himself. That's really what he was doing. He wasn't praying to God, he was praying to himself. It's that spirit of antichrist, standing in the place of God as God, showing ourselves that we're God. It's, a, it's an abomination before the Lord. Here is a people who is faking it. They're faking their worship, and God hates it. See, here's the deal. God gets tons of worship. Uh, God's got, I, I mean, God's just, God's just swimming in worship. Let me give you a little homework. Go home and read Revelation chapter four and Revelation chapter five. He is marinating in worship 24-7 all the time. It's, all it is is worship. Okay, so from you and I, what he's looking for first isn't our worship. Look at John chapter four. He's not looking for our worship first and foremost. He's looking for worshipers. God's looking for you, not what you can, I mean, he, he wants your whole heart. He, he doesn't want what you can produce for him. He wants what's gonna come out of your heart. Check this out, John chapter four, verse 20. Our fathers, here is this woman by the well. She just got called out by Jesus, and he's like, I perceive you're a prophet. <laughs> and then so she wants to change the subject and, and get it off of her you know, crazy uh, social relationship life, and, and she says, our fathers worshiped in this mountain, and ye say, Jews say, that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, woman, believe me, the hour cometh, when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship what ye know, what, what ye, what ye, ye worship ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews, but now watch this, verse 23, but the hour cometh, and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. How do they do that? How does a person be a true worshiper? Well, it's gotta come from the heart and be in line with God's word. True worshipers worship how? In spirit and in truth, right? So the, the, I mean, the whole of the man, the inner man is engaged in what God has said and there's a response. See, the word has to fuel the worship. If you know a little, then you're gonna worship a little. I mean, I know that's true for me. If I'm cold in my devotion, then I'm cold in my worship. If I'm little in my devotion before the Lord and his word, then I'm little in my worship of him. But if God's word is richly dwelling in me, guess what comes out of me? Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, right? Singing and making melody in my heart because that's all that I can do. The word of God is awesome. It's awesome. The word of God is awesome, awesome, awesome. Awesome, the word of God is awesome, so awesome. Okay, so there it is. If, if the word is dwelling richly in me, then it's gonna come back in praise, why? Because it engages the inner man, it engages my spirit. What else can I do? The word of God fills us with wonder and it provokes a right response to our awesome God. The hour now cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh what? Worship? What's the next word? What's the next word? He's not looking for worship first and foremost. He's looking for such true worshipers, not feigned worship, true worshipers. The Father, the Father seeketh such to worship him. He's looking for you. He wants your heart. He wants you all in. He wants you 
as a worshiper. So let's show, man, has God been good to us? I mean, it started at salvation. I mean, even before salvation, God was hunting you down. He's been nothing but good to you. He's like, well, he let some things happen to me. Yeah, welcome to the fellowship of his sufferings. He's showing you that he's enough even for that. I mean, all he's ever been, good, all he's ever been to us is good. Um, let's give him what he's looking for. Let's give him the, the, the totality. Let's give him the wholeness of our heart. Let's show up. Psalms 34 verse one says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Good luck doing that if you're not continually in the word of God. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. See, God is a spirit, John 4.20, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So verse two, my soul, Psalm 34 verse two, my soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear hear thereof and be glad. Okay, so, let's, whatsoever we do, let's do it heartily as unto the Lord. All right, we don't want to one bun anything for Jesus if you catch my drift. Don't do it, okay, be all in. Verse one, Psalms 138, verse one, before the gods, and this is a wild phrase, before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. Now, this could be a reference to John chapter 10. You know, the Jews want to murder Jesus and uh, they, they say why, you know, for good work we stone thee not, John 10, but for blasphemy and because thou being a man makest thyself God. Jesus answered them, is it not written in your law, he's gonna quote Psalms 82, six here, I said ye are gods, and if he called them gods unto whom the word of God came and the scripture cannot be broken, say ye of him whom the Father hath sanctified and sent into the world, thou blasphemous because I said I am the son of God? Okay, so you know they wanna kill him because he's declaring himself the son of God, which is a proof for his deity. Uh, they knew he was equating himself to be equal with God. And uh, his whole point was, you remember, do you remember Psalms 82, six, whenever I called you gods? So it could be a reference to that. In other words, I'm going to, before all of, the, before all of God's people, I'm gonna sing praise unto thee, but I want you to think with me. You remember in Luke chapter 16 and verse 22, you got the rich man and you got Lazarus. The rich man dies and there's nobody there to catch his soul. And so what happens? It just drifts straight to hell. In hell, he lift up his eyes, the Bible says. But when Lazarus dies in Luke chapter 18, or I'm sorry, Luke chapter 16 and verse 22, the angels carry him to, to Abraham's bosom. See, this was before Calvary, so it's before 2 Corinthians 5, 8. For the believer in Jesus Christ, absent from the body, is present with the Lord, right? So this is before that paradigm with those who are born again, who are new creatures in Christ. For us, we don't don't need angels to do anything for us. Our salvation was complete once we believed on the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So absent from the body, when that silver, Ecclesiastes calls the silver cord, when it's loosed, man, that body lets go. Uh, your soul was already sealed by the Holy Spirit of God. The Spirit of Christ indwells your heart by faith. And so, I mean, right now, we're, we're all seated together in physical places at 40th and Walnut, and at the exact same time, we're seated together in heavenly places in the person, like, he's in us and we're in him. And, and so when the body gives up, absent from the body is... That was only marginally better than last time. Okay. (laughs) Praying for salvations this morning. 
Okay, so, so before that, the angels had to carry Lazarus to Abraham's bosom. Now you remember just a few weeks ago in Genesis, in Genesis 28, 12, we saw Jacob, he had that dream. You remember the dream of Jacob's ladder and what did he see? He dreamed, Genesis 28, 12, and behold, a ladder set up on the earth and the top of it reached to heaven and behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And you remember we went through all of that and we saw that that ladder is Jesus himself. Uh, we saw what that, we saw what, like we saw what Jacob saw, that ladder is Jesus. And some of you even now, you're like, what are you talking about, a ladder? It's, it's spelled ladder, L-A-D-D-E. Okay, no, you need to get on our sermon finder, mbtkc.org, you need to go back and, and do a little homework and catch those notes with us uh, and get that message. And the proof text for this was John chapter one and verse 51. Jesus is talking and he saith unto him, verily, verily, I say unto you, hereafter you shall see the heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Two places that you see that in your Bible, it's Jacob's ladder and it's Jesus. He is the way that the angels ascend and descend. Okay, so then we looked at 1 Samuel chapter 28, man, spooky passage. Uh, we caught it before Halloween, so it all worked out. The woman says to Saul, who do you want me to bring up? She's a necromancer. She's got a spirit of divination, and she's gonna, and she's gonna hook him up uh, the way she normally does. She's working with her spirit of divination, and, 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 and she's grifting, and, and Saul's like, I, uh, bring me up Samuel. And, and then this witch gets the shock of her life. First Samuel 28 verse 12 says, and when the woman saw Samuel, that's what the text says, Samuel comes up. When the woman saw Samuel, she cried with a loud voice, and the woman spake to Saul, saying, why hast thou deceived me, for thou art Saul? And the king said unto her, be not afraid, for what sawest thou? Saul had banished this before, and now he's seeking witchcraft. He's like, don't worry, it's me, it's good to be the king. We're gonna break the rules here. Who, who, what do you see? And the woman said unto Saul, watch this, I saw gods, notice the lowercase g, I saw gods ascending out of the earth. And then he said unto, unto her, of what form is he of? And she said, an old man cometh up, and he is covered with a mantle. So we're not talking about Samuel being a god. I saw gods ascending. And then what else do I see? I see an old man. And Saul perceived that it was Samuel. He stooped with his face to the ground and bowed himself. He's putting on a little worship there for, for Samuel and Samuel told him, you don't care about the word of God, uh, you're gonna die and God's gonna get king after his own heart. Somebody that's wholehearted, not somebody that's, that's a worshiper in a feigned way, in a fake way. Okay, this, these gods ascending out of the earth, what are we talking about here? These are the Elohim, that's the word that's used here. You see this, this word gods. It's the, it's the Elohim, right? It's a plural word, speaking of these celestial beings. This is who the deists worship. Uh, we covered all this territory when we looked at Genesis chapter six. Um, again, Luke 16, 22. These are the celestial angelic beings. They are, according to 2 Peter chapter two and verse 11, they're greater in power and might. Hebrews 2, seven says they're made a little better than men. Christ, when he comes as a man, he's made a little lower than the angels, Hebrews says. But we also know that many are fallen and function as the gods of this world. You know, it's a pantheon of gods that are a substitute for the creator, for the Lord Jesus Christ. And these deists will worship them. But 
they are nothing compared to who Jesus is. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. You know, it's at the name of Jesus that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Okay, so you've got good angels, you've got fallen angels, you've got these celestial beings who are greater in power and might. So what's David saying? Man, I'm gonna call out who God is to even the celestial host. There there is no one, there is nothing compared to Jesus. He is worthy of all honor and glory and praise. And so, MBT, brothers and sisters, let's praise so that the angels can hear who Jesus is. Let's praise so that the angels will be in awe. How are their vocal cords not breaking, right? How are they able to ascribe the glory to God? Look at, how, look at what God has done in their life. You know, the mystery of salvation is something that the angels desire to look into. Uh, Peter, Peter declares that. Like there, there's an aspect to our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ that the angels don't get. Man, we, we, we are living out the, the salvation and the life of Christ. We have so much to praise over. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what I'm gonna do. Before the gods, I'm gonna sing praise to Jesus. Now, verses one, two, and three, I wanna do something that we haven't done here, and we're way overdue for this. Psalms 138, verses one, two, and three are gonna be our birthday memory verse. And God's people said, Okay, praise the Lord, that's, that's good. Okay, so we're gonna, we're gonna work on this over these two weeks. We're gonna memorize verses one, two, and three. Uh, I will praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods I will sing praise unto thee. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. In the day when I cried, thou answerest me and strengthenest me with strength in my soul. That's so good. Okay, part of how you memorize a verse is you recite it, so let's just all read it together. Ready, verse one? I will praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. In the day when I cried, thou answerest me and strengthenest me with strength in my soul. Okay, so verse two, where are we gonna worship? Verse two says, toward thy holy temple. Now, you can count seven temples in your Bible. Did you know that? As a matter of fact, you don't get discipled, go through foundations one, two, and three, join us in LFBI, and we'll actually have a whole class on the sevens in the Bible. Man, there are seven dispensational uh, uh, dispensational divisions in your Bible that you have to consider. There's seven covenants in your Bible. Uh, there's seven spirits of the Lord. Uh, there's a lot of sevens in your Bible, okay? There's seven baptisms, there's seven judgments. There are seven temples in your Bible. One of those temples is the body of Christ. The body of Christ physically when he was here on earth, and guess who you are? You are the church? Who are, we're the body of Christ, right? But more than that, individually, you are the dwelling place of God Almighty now. Check out 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19. We are the temple of God. What, know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God, and ye are not your own? Turn to your neighbor and tell him you're a temple. <laughs> 
you better get, you better get that down. You're a temple. <laughs> you need to hear it. You need to hear it from me. You need to hear it from your neighbor. You're a temple. Never forget it. The living God, the Holy, the Spirit of Christ dwells in us. And then together we're living stones, Ephesians chapter two says, and we're building together for an habitation of God's spirit. It's incredible. We're like, we're like the transformers. Individually, it's just awesome. You know, what are we? Well, it's, just, it's Joe, it's Joe, you know? Yeah, but also it's the spirit, it's the, it's the dwelling place of the spirit of God. Joe's also a temple. There was a transformation taking place. Um, don't turn to your neighbor and call them, tell them that they're a transformer because then we'll have the room full of okay. But that's what we are, okay? Because whenever we come together, and again, I can never remember, when all of the Autobots come together and they form a giant robot, his name is what? Volt, Voltron? Did I get it right? Is it Volt? No, somebody's like, yeah, go with it. Stop, one nerd, just one nerd, raise your hand and tell me who it is. No, I, even I know that. Optimus Prime's a big deal in that universe, but when all the Autobots come together... Wait, hold on, we got, I, this nerd knows. I'm getting my cartoons mixed up. Voltron, that's what, oh, no, no, no. I know I've seen it. The Autobots come together and they make a giant robot. Ultron? No. Because I know for a fact that the, uh, who are the bad, who are the bad robots? They're called Decepticons. The Decepticons do it too. Huh? Wait, wait, wait. Okay, Mike Kennecutt says I'm wrong. And if anybody knows, Mike knows. <laughs> are you sure? So I've got my cartoons. There is no universe in the uh, Autobot Decepticon world where the, all the robots come together and make a big giant robot. <laughs> Let me tell you what. This week I'm going to Google it, and if and if that happens, next week there's going to be a reckoning. Okay. <laughs> Real quick, um, Brian, you have data. What's the data? Uh, I'm just going to keep on pointing to Power Rangers and Voltron. Yes. I never liked the Power Rangers. It was always... <laughs> what? There are Transformers that are combiners. Do you know a name? Just give me a name, bro. All I need is a name. They combine together and they call them what? Combiners. I know, but then they combine into something. So like, so like they need help from all these combined Autobots and it's like combiner get over here. Like that's what a terrible name. Okay. So we don't have time for this, but I rest my case. When we come together, we're like this great big, like that happened here, like we all came together. Where two or three are gathered together in Christ's name, who's there in the midst? Right, Jesus is in the midst. Read Ephesians chapter two, we're built together for what? 
It's the dwelling place of God Almighty. Okay, what, know you not? Don't you know you're the temple? That means the temple has feet, y'all, right? The temple is mobile in this age, in this dispensation. So you can worship him anywhere. I will worship toward thy holy temple. Wherever you're at, right then, right there, right here, right now, I'm gonna worship the Lord. My life should be a life of worship. So that's where we worship because we are worshipers, John chapter four. But why do we worship? Well, obviously, we worship, what we, see. we worship him over what we see in the word. We worship over who and what God is. We praise his name for his loving kindness and for his truth. Notice in verse two, I'll praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth, for thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. God is a man of his word. Everything that he says is more important to him than who he is. You know, they say a person's name is the most precious word to them in their language. Uh, The name of God, it's at the name of Christ that every knee bows and every tongue confesses that he is Lord and yet his word is magnified above everything, even above that. He's a man of his word, and what he says is everything, and that's why, here's your homework. Look at verses three through eight. Okay, notice again the cause and effect. Verse three, why do we praise him? Answered prayer, we praise him. Verse four, open doors, we praise him. I'll declare him before the kings of the earth. So we got the gods, now the kings. He's working his way down. Oh Lord, when they hear the words of my mouth, of thy mouth, yea, they shall sing in ways, in the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. We praise him over reception, verse six. Though the Lord be high, yet he hath respect unto the lowly. Man, God knows me. He cares about me. But the proud he knoweth far off. For protection, we praise him. Though I walk in the midst of of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath of mine enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. And then we praise him over his perfection. Verse eight, the Lord will perfect that which concerneth me, the mercy, thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the works of thine own hands. That's how we're gonna wrap up next, not this Tuesday, but next. Uh, we're, gonna, we're gonna wrap up. Oh God, don't forsake the work of your own hands. Um, I've got a hundred stories that I could tell just in terms of praise and thanksgiving to God and I was wondering what I was supposed to share with you this morning when I heard Pastor Morgan's testimony, it kind of locked me in. And when we were first starting as a local church, we were just getting going. Um, we, we started, this was the place where nothing was ever supposed to work. And uh, you're certainly not going to reach people for Christ in the urban core with a King James Bible and a discipleship philosophy and every member a minister ministry philosophy. That's just not gonna work. And, but we prayed and God works, God answers prayer and the church started growing. And before you know it, we've, we, we gotta have more space. And uh, we were renting this building and so we wanted to buy it. Uh, that was a long drawn out affair. We bought the building and then we started remodeling and I remember, this is one of these things that I'll remember like yesterday. I, we had a board meeting. Uh, in case you didn't know, I'm the president of the board of directors for Midtown Baptist Temple. 
uh, but you can just call me Sam. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I'm leading these guys to pass a budget because we need to spend a ton of money to remodel the boiler room. Okay, downstairs at this end of the building, there's a little room that will hold about 20 people if you hold your mouth right. But we needed it, okay? Uh, we, ne we needed it, and, and it was full of just, I mean, old equipment. It looked like, it looked like a scene out of a, um, a Nightmare on the Elm Street movie, okay? Um, you could scare the kid town kids with it if you wanted to. We'll lock you in there with Freddy Krueger, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, nobody did that, but I'm just saying you could. So anyway, um, it was going to be a lot of money. We got to pass a budget, and, and, I'm, and I'm leading this board meeting, and it kind of devolves into, I mean, everybody loves everybody, but there's just, everybody's a little frustrated because we want to know what we're spending this money on before we pass this budget that's going to have us hemorrhaging cash. Uh, there's just so much work needs to be done. It's not just the room. It's all the infrastructure. Uh, you know, this building, water would run in this building. All the wiring was old and outdated. All the plumbing was old and outdated. There's just so many people have put in so much work. We've got, I mean, we're now finally working on the windows. You'll know we're done remodeling when we actually fix those terrible seats that are killing your, your tush right now, okay? That'll be last because we're separating the players from the posers, okay? <laughs> You don't have to be comfortable, okay? So anyway, so anyway, that's, that's last on the agenda. You'll know we've got everything basically in order whenever the, you can actually enjoy setting on those pew pads. Okay, so, so there was an argument over the air handler on the HVAC, and I'm like, I'm, it just hit me all of a sudden. Was, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, how did we get into a, a heated discussion over what kind of HVAC unit we need to put into this end of the building? And finally, I'm, I was just frustrated, and I said, guys, uh, you're talking like a bunch of deacons. You're just gonna, do we, the question here today is, do we want air conditioning or not? Let's pass a budget, and then we'll set up an octagon somewhere, and you guys can fight it out over what, you know, HVAC, that, that we, and again, everybody's heart is in the right place. Everybody wants it to be right, because we wanna support effectively the work that God's doing here. And anyway, I, I went home from that board meeting thinking, uh, I don't know what I'm doing, and I didn't lead those guys right. I got a little short with them, and, uh, and I'm thinking, I'm just gonna blow this whole thing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna wreck. I know what God wants to do. I'm such an idiot, I'll end up wrecking it. I, like, in other words, what I didn't know is the accuser's like, boy, do you see how you suck? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, man, I, amen, I, it's, it's terrible. And I, and that was, that was uh, um, uh, the week that, well, that following Thursday, I was meeting with a group of pastors from around town. We met every week to pray for our city. And I'm on my way to the pastor, the citywide pastor's prayer meeting, and I'm making, I'm t I'm making my complaint before the Lord. And, uh, and I'm telling the Lord, I'm like, Lord, I... I I obviously don't know what I'm doing. That board meeting didn't go well. And you saw I ended up just kind of getting short with them and, and bullying them a little bit. And I just didn't feel good about any of it, you know? And I, I thought, I'm, Lord, you've got all these people that are your children. 
and they want fruit at the judgment seat of Christ and there's so many variables in play whenever a bunch of people come together and, and who am I? And, uh, and I just, if I, can't, if I can't run a meeting to pass a budget, how am I gonna lead your people to be fruitful in winning souls and making disciples and reaching Kansas City for Christ and then from there, because from the beginning we said, we're trusting the Lord for a ministry that will rock the nations for the glory of Jesus Christ. You know, that's always been the question, can a little church in the hood shake the nations for the glory of God? Oh, by the way, we planted a church in Tampa, Florida over these last 15 years. We planted a church across town in Lee Summit over these last 15 years. Uh, We sent a team at the beginning of the COVID craziness to plant a church in Boston. They're growing, praise the Lord. We've got disciples multiplying in Nairobi, in, in, in uh, Ho Chi Minh, in Vietnam. We've got disciples multiplying in Colorado, in Laramie. God's good. This year we'll have right at, and Hannah, is this right? This year we'll have roughly 500 students over three semesters that will take at least one class in our Bible school. Uh, 500-ish students taking classes Uh, from all over the world, people taking classes, getting equipped, learning their Bible from Genesis to Revelation, learning how to use it in the lives of people. Uh, So help us God by his grace, this little church in the hood is gonna rock the nations for the glory of God, not because we're awesome, he's awesome, and he can do anything with anyone, amen? So I'm thinking, I mean, this is all, while it's just still in my heart, you know? Like I, I, and so this was, I just kept, I remember I, 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 I took my 1998, 1997 Nissan Altima and I hung a right on Jackson Avenue, or left on, that's my left. I hung a left on Jackson Avenue and, uh, and I'm like, God, did you bring me to Midtown just to fail? Like, if these guys, if I can't lead these guys, I mean, we're cooked. And, uh, and I couldn't get any peace. I'm driving to the prayer meeting and I'm finally, I'm like, Lord, good luck. <laughs> I turned off my engine. I'm like, I don't even, I don't even know why I'm here. <laughs> you know, I was just down, whining, feeling sorry for myself, being a baby. And, uh, and then I thought, well, I'm not getting anything done sitting in the car. So I go into the prayer meeting and there were some visitors there that week and we're sitting around and it's a big table and the pastors are gathered around, we start praying and, and I'm like, I'm just here to, I'm just gonna set, I'm gonna be that guy. <laughs> I'm just gonna set this week. And we got going and we're praying for about 10 minutes and this Samoan guy, across, just right across the table from me, he says, hey guys, he said, you know, uh, I hate to do this, but and he says, I recognize, you know, anytime there's a group of guys like you that have been meeting for a long time, you've got a flow, there's an agenda, there are objectives that you're, you're, you're going for. You know, anytime somebody comes in new, they speak up and they try to change the agenda. It's just really annoying and it's obnoxious. And I'm immediately thinking, yeah, so why are you doing it? You know? <laughs> Why don't you just pray and you know, we'll follow the agenda that, that you came to see. He says, but if I don't do this, I'll be grieving the Holy Spirit. And I'm so sorry. And then he just starts talking about how as pastors, you're leading men, not just for the sake of leading men, but you're all engaged in a spiritual battle. It's warfare. 
And things get heated in spiritual warfare. I mean, it's really a battle. And he says, it's like David. You know, King David is leading what the Bible ends up telling you are mighty men. These are mighty men that he's leading. And you know the story, man. They're out, they're, they're, they're doing the kingdom work. They're taking kingdom territory. Somebody slips in and, and spoils their city. And now their, their, their families are gone, right? They've been robbed of everything. And, and so they're on their way to reclaim what was lost. And you remember, they're talking about stoning them. And you know, there's David just following the Lord and, 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 and he might have been tempted to think you know, he wasn't qualified to lead God's people. I mean, these are mighty men of God that are talking about getting rid of him. And, and, uh, he says, uh, and he says, you're gonna find, he says, I don't know if it's ever happened, but he says it's gonna happen. If it hadn't, it will. As you lead people in spiritual warfare, there are gonna be problems that are gonna arise. And you're gonna be thinking to yourself that you're not qualified to lead God's people. He says, none of us are. He says, you're gonna be thinking that in your mind that, that you know, why did God put you in the pastorate? You may even be thinking, God, did you put me here just to watch me fail? The cat literally then starts quoting what I'm praying in my car, not 15 minutes earlier, word for word. Okay, so now I've gone from who is this idiot and why is he interrupting what we're doing to <laughs> I'm watching this guy. He quotes my prayer from the Nissan, 1997 Nissan Altima, all the whining on the way, and he's like, you, you, you know, God, did you, did you put me here just to fail? And he says, uh, one of the, shame on me, one of my complaints was, Lord, I feel like you've forgotten me. What an idiot. Lord, I feel like you've forgotten me. And he wraps up with that. You know, that was like the clincher for me. You know, you think the Lord isn't concerned about you. You think he's forgotten you. Can I just tell you what the Lord is saying to you? And he says, if you guys would, just open your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 49. Here's the answer to your prayer, is what he said. Verse 13, Isaiah 49, verse 13, he said, Sing, O heavens, and be joyful, O earth, and break forth into singing, O mountains, for the Lord hath comforted his people and will have mercy upon his afflicted. But Zion said, The Lord hath forsaken me, and my Lord hath forgotten me. And he stopped there and he said, Here's what the Lord is, here's the answer to your prayer. God says, Can a woman forget her sucking child that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget, yet I will not forget thee. What God's saying to you, pastor, is a nursing mother will forget her child before I ever forget you. Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. Thy walls are continually before me. He's put you like you are written in his hands. Okay. Now I'm just sitting over there like, I'm an idiot. <laughs> my tears are <laughs> like, my bad, Lord. <laughs> he says, behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands, and thy walls are continually before me. Thy children shall make haste. Thy destroyers and they that made thee waste shall go forth of thee. 
Lift up thine eyes round about, and behold, all these gather themselves together and come to thee. As I live, saith the Lord, thou shalt surely clothe thee with them all as with an ornament. And bind them on thee as a bride doeth. For thy waste and thy desolate places and the land of thy destruction shall even now be too narrow by reason of the inhabitants. And they that swallow thee up shall be far away. The children which thou shalt have after thou hast lost the other I could go on and on about how this lines up to, to exactly where I was at. I'd been, just been through a loss of a lot of people. Well, that's how we got started here, is I had to, <laughs> to go from one ministry, one place to another. The children which thou shalt have after thou hast lost the other shall say again in thine ears, the place is too straight for me. Give, me, give place to me that I may dwell. Then shalt thou say in thine heart, who hath begotten me these, seeing I've lost my children, and am desolate a captive, and removing to and fro, and who hath brought up all these? Behold, I was left alone. These, where had they been? Thus saith the Lord God, behold, I will lift up mine hand to the Gentiles, and I'll set my standard to the people, and they shall bring thy sons in their arms. <laughs> Sorry. They shall bring their sons in their arms, and thy daughters shall be carried upon their shoulders. So I left that meeting in repentance. Sorry. I left that meeting in repentance, and I said, okay, Lord, I know a few things now. I don't know what I'm doing, but you do. And you said in 1 Corinthians chapter one, it pleases you to use the weak and foolish things of this world to bring glory to your name. I am fully qualified for you to get all the glory. So I'm done second guessing everything. I'm done wondering if you're at work. <laughs> Obviously you are. Uh, and, and shame on me for ever doubting you. Uh, that was wicked sin and I'm, rep I'm repenting. Uh, the second thing that I know is our little church in the hood is gonna rock the nations. The Gentiles are gonna come in. Uh, we're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're gonna reap a harvest. Uh, and I know we're gonna always have a, a space problem. Uh, that, that's gonna be a characteristic of our ministry is we're gonna always have a space problem. And I know you're gonna bring me some children back. So that was on a Thursday. On Saturday, Kenny Morgan called me. He's going through a rough time. He was going through a rough time, and uh, he said, I need to come home. I don't know if he remembers that, but that's ex those were his exact words. It like almost knocked me over. He'd never been to MBT. He'd never visited. This started after he was in Long Island. He says, I gotta come home. I need to come home. Uh, you need to come home to MBT, and I'm like, okay. So he got, you know, it looked like things were gonna after that conversation, I knew then, okay, that's, that's one of the guys that the Lord's gonna bring me back. You know, I'm gonna get one of my kids back. It took him a year <laughs> to get home because 
uh, they kept thinking it was gonna work out there. And whenever they finally moved back, you know, like Lori said, they come back broken. And the whole time I'm watching them hurting and I'm just like. (laughs) 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 What God is gonna do in their life is gonna be amazing. And I didn't even say anything to him, you know. I just, I knew that year before because what God showed me in Isaiah 49 is God's gonna bring these children. And has got, I mean, I'm so grateful for our pastors. I really am, all these guys. Like we don't have, like there's none of, the, none of our pastoral team, there's not one guy that I wanna trade um, at, at, a, at, a, at a church draft, okay? <laughs> We've got the right team. I, I, I just love all these guys. They're good brothers. Not, you know, we'll have fights, we'll have disagreements, there'll be arguments, but it's family. I mean like there's, like nobody ever uses the D word, okay? Uh, there's no divorcing, like there's, no, there's none of that. Uh, it's just, it's a beautiful thing. Are we not blessed to have Pastor Morgan? Man. And are we not blessed? I mean, we don't think in terms of square feet at MBT. We think in terms of square inches. We don't waste any space. Are we not blessed to have a constant space problem? I mean, we can have bigger problems, right? I mean, like that's nothing to complain about. Um, we can have 99 problems, but a lack of space isn't really one of them when it's all said and done. We could be whining about not having enough people. Um, and then look at how God is rocking the nations for his glory. A little people in a hard situation, so help us God by his grace, we're, we're rocking the nations for the glory of Christ. And if the Lord tarries, this is why the vision is what the vision is. We're gonna win souls, we're gonna make disciples, we're gonna train and equip people, and as the Holy Spirit says, separate these guys out for the work that I have them in some other place, we're gonna say, yes, sir. And if the Lord tarries, when we get to the judgment seat of Christ, we'll have people from every tribe, every nation, every tongue that will be, right, giving glory to God as believers at the judgment seat of Christ, fruitful at the judgment seat of Christ. Why? Because MBT was such an awesome church. Most of them won't even know our name. If we're faithful to the mission, we're gonna train, catch, train, release. We're gonna train people who will go and they'll do the same. They'll win, they will train, they will deploy. People who will do the same and, and you'll, this thing will get out there a few generations and, and oh my goodness, what are we gonna say? Who hath gotten me all of these? It's the only pyramid scheme that you wanna be a part of. <laughs> are not ye my crown of rejoicing at the judgment seat of Christ, right? Isn't that, isn't that what Paul said? Man, to have people that are there giving glory and praise and worship to God that, that, that you're just finally meeting there, but, but they're there because you were faithful to win somebody to Christ and to equip them for the work. They're there because you were willing to do the hard thing and send them to reproduce this ministry somewhere else in the world. We're a church that's gonna get to the judgment seat of Christ and we're gonna say, who hath got me all of these? We're already seeing it. Um, you know, I've been through a, a hard season with my wife and, and we, we, we had to get through cancer, then we had to sell our house. So that meant Andrew Ong made us flip it first. It was like you have to replace the floors and do all this stuff and so we did that and then we sold the house and praise the Lord, that's another praise, I'll, I'll tell you about that. But um, 
Uh, then we had to move. Then we had to move my mother-in-law in, and, and now we're going through her stuff, and then we gotta get her house ready, and then we'll have to sell her house, and, and I'll be praying about that, because um, thank you for praying for us. That worked out, and um, it's like, just in six months, this church is growing so fast, I look at you guys and I'm like, who are you? Like once we get all the boxes done, we're gonna have to start having people over and, 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 and get to know so many new people. It's just, it's, it's already happening. Go to Boston and meet the people that are there because you were faithful here. Who have gotten me all these children? Look at who, you're gonna be like a bride, right? You're gonna be wearing like an ornament of praise and glory to God. You're the precious stones, man. <laughs> Let's go mining. Let's stay full of faith. Let's keep mining for precious stones. Let's keep trusting the Lord to do what only he can do. Uh, I'm grateful, I love you so much. I'm so grateful for you guys, how you're hearing the call, you're, you're excited about the vision. Um, let the Lord do what he's gonna do. He's a mighty God, everybody needs to know it, amen? Okay, here's what I want you to do. We're gonna get into another season of worship in a moment, um, but a couple things before we do. This Tuesday night is another opportunity to give to Jorge and Gabby. They'll be going uh, this month, right? This month, they moved to Boston to join that team, and we wanna send them well. And so if the Lord's been burdening you about supporting them, we're gonna take up a special offering this Tuesday. Don't forget this Friday, we're gonna have a, a, another service where we're just giving praise to the Lord. Uh, it's gonna be from all of the different groups. Eric has got from Kidtown all the way up, all the fellowships, everybody's bringing worship and praise and testimony. And so be here this Friday night, uh, it'll be right here. And then uh, the, 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 the last thing is I want everybody, I told you last Tuesday, and I told you this morning, be thinking about 30 seconds, okay? So everybody grab a praise partner, and in 30 seconds, that means we're, we got a minute here, give the testimony, talk about how awesome God is, give him glory, okay? Your neighbor needs to hear you do it. Does that, does that make sense? Everybody understand the assignment? Okay, grab a praise partner, and give a testimony over how good God is. If you're like, man, I don't know what it would be, well then at least listen to one, okay? All right, let's get to work. Everybody, grab someone, give praise to God, and then Eric, after just a short season, let's worship.